0: I'm
1: Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip-hop by the numbers on Twitter. I use hip-hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture.
0: And I'm director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight fifth hip-hop, which is knowledge. Witness the fitness. Got to the One hope, one quest.
1: To the yeah. Has to be. Has to be. What a classic hip hop song. What a fucking classic. What
0: oh, a fucking banger. What oh, a fucking banger.
1: The clip's hilarious. Oh, the clip is fucking funny, man. I love the this The music video. Yeah. <laughs> classic. So great. So, great. so good. So <laughs> imagine that being your first single, just like, well, not your first, but your first single to blow up. Like, what a fucking classic, man. God
0: love him. God love him. Yeah. Which which made me which made me wonder like how popular is cheese on toast everywhere else in the world?
1: But it's not on that song. It was on what was the others? I don't know. It wasn't on that song. No, he, says it. It. he says it.
0: He says on the track.
1: Does he? He says on witness as well.
0: Yeah, he says. I uh, I I'm, I'm, sit here content with this cheese on toast.
1: He must have said it on. I too. Feel the pain. A football famine. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He must have said it on. Segway. His first album. Count well.
0: the bless So keep jamming.
1: Cheese on toast is legendary. It's a de- It's a really solid breakfast. Like I don't know. If you put a little bit of what? tomato sauce I'm under a- that. Oh,
0: mm, yeah. Actually, mm, okay, that's interesting.
1: That's we interesting. have to we have to expose you right now because not not in that way. Oh, we're doing this now. Not in all that right, way, people. Right, but we we have to expose him. So I'm telling. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, not 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 on the Zoom. Not on the Zoom. <laughs> no, no, But Charlie's like beans on toast is better. I'm like yeah, beans on toast is solid, but like veg Be- beans on, on toast. toast is better. Vegemite on peanut toast on is toast good, is but the goat. Vegemite on is, toast is a butter, butter The goat toast. is peanut butter on toast. And, and Charlie just, l- like, no, I don't understand. Toast. Like, I don't even know if we can continue it's the not, podcast not. the way Charlie it's reacted. Not. It's not. Bro, what, is, what are you not. talking it's about? Not. Peanut butter is peanut like the greatest is spread ever. No, it is not. Don't say this. Peanut butter shit, is bro. overrated. <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> it's overrated. It's not. It's rated perfectly. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> What the hell is wrong with you? This shit is weird. It's so
0: overrated. It's so overrated, bro. Like, especially chocolate and peanut butter. Reese's shouldn't exist. What? Right, as a company, as a concept, it shouldn't exist. Like, cheese and... Uh, no, che- chocolate and peanut butter just does not make sense to me. You, like, are you lot are getting me for, like, chocolate and coconut. Th- that That makes sense to me. Uh, peanut butter and chocolate don't make sense to me. You are so out uh, of th- pocket It doesn't make sense. It's like Americans with uh, peanut butter and jam. It's like what? Yes. Or jelly, as they call it. Sorry. Oh, don't make sense. Don't get it. What is wrong don't get with
1: it. you? You've got a problem that you need to be studied, and psychologists <laughs> need to learn more about your brain and understand how those ramifications can be used to help the rest of us because this is just wrong. <laughs> Oh, Charlie. Yes, Ben.
0: They're, 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 yes, Ben. This is this is a crisis in the world. Climate change? Nothing. No, no, no. Charlie's aversion to peanut butter. Please get all the scientists to check me up right now.
1: Please. You I could, I'm be, an for it now. You could Scient- be an alien world sleeper. World science. alien scientist cell. <laughs> Bro, no one dislikes peanut now, butter. Cool. No one dislikes peanut butter except you. It's just. It's not all that. It's not all that. It's not all that. It's overrated. Don't put that on your Tinder profile, man. You'll never get fucking swiped. <laughs> no one's swiping on the peanut butter <laughs> hater oh, i don't want to give you around yeah, that yeah, guy yeah. he's too weird that's a red flag off yeah, rip red...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm notoriously on tender con- constantly swiping i'm on the episode of family guy where quagmire's just swiping till the fucking days go by that's me that's me that's me I- i'm that guy hi ben how's your week been what have you been as soon as we
1: well, actually, I had a really bad week. Waste so, your know, time over a peanut butter. Fucking. It's week. not wasted time. We're gonna have to talk about this off air and sort this out. But we can't. We haven't got enough time <laughs> to talk about it on air. Um, now, I had a, I had a rough week, and so actually, what I listened to mostly this week was Lonely Island. Amazingly, I had so much research to do, and there was so much new music, and just kept going back to, uh, you know, Lonely Island. I'm on a boat over and over again. I don't know why that was, but I listened to. <laughs> 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 I listened to so I listened to featuring Ty Dolla Sign uh, by Ty Dolla Sign, which is mm. genuinely the contender for album title of the decade, and we're only ten months into the decade. It's fucking yep. you know, it's yep. to to what that title said to me is that Ty recognizes that not only is he a top two feature artist in hip hop right now, I think Anderson Park and he are number one and two, but that he's probably never ascended to that height on a solo project. His highest charting project was Beach House 3, which only went number 11. You think about it like I really think he's at, he's way high, he should be higher than that at the moment. And I adored Beach House 3, and I actually rate it higher than this release uh, featuring Ty Dollar Sign. It didn't have that big album feel, and I feel like uh, Ty Dollar Sign should cons- like conceivably be heading in the same direction as The Weeknd commercially. So we get an album that, this album probably goes a touch too far in the other direction. You know, the big, like, massive names, big production. But it doesn't go too... Like, it's not crazy. It's not totally out there. It's not a DJ Carlin release. It's not, like, cartoonish. It's a very clean listen. The transitions are really beautiful. And I actually think that the Tire dollar Sign solo tracks on here are better than most of the feature songs. Uh, the one with Kid Cudi is a, an exception to that. That's a really nice song. But it's a great, It's actually a really good listening experience. I just put it on yesterday afternoon. I'd listened to it already, and I thought, oh, you know, I haven't really got anything else to listen to. I'll just put this on, and I played it through two times. I know it's like twenty five songs, but I just kept kept it going, and it just kept. is Is similar to Astro World in that way. It's very immersive and it's very smooth, but um, it's not as well executed as Astro World. But it's a really solid project. Um. I would recommend people listen to it just once, all the way through, when you got a bit of time. It's it's good. It's smooth. Uh, we get Gorillaz, Song Machine One. I feel like Gorillaz, uh, Damon Albarn. It's really hard to contextualize them because obviously the music has changed uh, since their early releases. A lot less earworms, a lot less poppy, uh, a lot less maybe electro focus. It seems to be heading back towards his rock roots a little bit more. Obviously, we still get tracks with like Schoolboy Q, but we get songs with Elton John and Beck and a bunch of eclectic features. Whereas before, it really felt like he was trying to marry electro indie rock and hip hop all at the same time. And I thought think that was what made Gorillaz really special because it was very well executed. This album is still solid. You know, it's it's a good listen. It's it's not intrusive. Um, But yeah. I guess what I would say is Gorillas is maturing, which is interesting to say because our barn's got to be like 50 now. Like, you know, when he started Gorillas, he was already in his the mature phase of his career. So, but I feel like Gorillas is maturing into something just really nice and really, I don't want to say the word generic, but he's coming back closer to more conventional styles of music, which he's skilled at anyway. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Worst Generation 52. by Decca. Say again, sorry? He's 52. 52? Far out, man. He doesn't look 52 if you see him, man. I wish I looked like Damon Albarn. But um, <laughs> yeah, De- Decca The Worst Generation. Great project. I'm not going to say too much about this except just good lyricism. Great MC. Go check that out. Uh, and Clipping, Visions of Bodies being burned. Not as good as their release last year, but another just immersive project uh, concept album and the 96 Neve Campbell. That is a fucking... That's a... You're listening to that and you're like... Because you, with clipping, it's kind of like listening to, you know, similar with Shabazz Palaces and, and Artists of That Ilk. The yeah. the beats go all over the place. But sometimes... And, and that's okay. That's the point, you know. Like, But sometimes they hit on just something that is so traditional hip-hop fire. And ninety six Neve Campbell is that. It's like at the start, it's very lo-fi, uh, gravelly noise. And then all of a sudden the beat kicks in and they're all on the beat. It's like, holy shit, this is slapping right now. That song is amazing. So if you don't listen to anything else on that album, listen to that song and then you'll wanna listen to the whole album. Uh, and shout out to Clipping. Uh they uh, they always make really good, really good uh concept albums. So and that's a Halloween, man. That's that's gonna be a Halloween album. So that's what I listen to. What about yourself? Yeah, so um, uh,
0: we had a lot of research listening to this week, so I didn't get into mm. too much. Didn't want to strangle myself, uh, with uh, suff- suffocate myself with uh, music releases, but I got into a few things. Uh, I need to get into that Gorillaz still, um, and also that uh, new Faithless album. I want to give that a spin as well. Uh, but I got into that exhibit, Be Real and Demerick, Serial Killers, Summer of Sam. Yeah, this is fire. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it's great, it. eh? it's right, fucking I, heat. I, 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 I just love Exhibit Man, like, his voice is just yeah. so, just, just, knife through butter, man, it's just, ugh, just, mm. just so grizzled, yet clean, it's just, oh, so clean, uh, but yeah, Solid Album, uh, really fun, um, I guess, a uh, commentary on everything going on, uh, just like a real Exhibit B-Real <laughs> and Demerick kind of, uh, uh, view on things, which, uh, is kind of, you know, they have their own unique voices, which is good, and, uh, that always yeah. helps, and, uh, yeah, I like I like the I like the content on here. Thick beats, just real, you know, apocalyptic sometimes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a real good real good album to listen to. Uh, Rex R E K S uh, things. Uh, the hunger inside never gets satisfied. Um, yeah, so this dude has been apparently dropping for nearly twenty years now. Um, so he's been in the game for a minute, and. Um, it's the first album of his off-listened to, to, and, uh, this is, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, because, like, there's a very, um, uh, knowing that he's, uh, been dropping for, you know, since 01, apparently, according to Spotify here, um, there's a, with that said, there's a real, uh, I guess, uh, <laughs> old head mentality, but not in the, um, you know, not, not in the, uh... <laughs> Uh, ice tea shitting on soldier boy kind of old head like you know just mature a mature voice i guess let's just say that it's a mature voice uh you know he, he talks about you know H uh, uh, education uh, the titles really give um, some stuff away stuff like her uh, white house he basically talks about like you know politics uh, benjamin's dead talking about money uh rachel green's talking about uh like this, uh, talking about this like white woman like white privilege in a way um yeah, it's just some real good stuff on here actually. Um the beats are nice, uh just real interesting commentary and uh if you're into Rex, I mean like, that's probably that's probably his like uh well, I don't wanna take a I don't wanna take a stab of what is where where he's at in his career in that fashion, but uh it's very it's very mature for sure. Um and uh so shout out to him on that. Che Lingo, worst generation. God damn, I love this album. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. this, like, this is, is
1: This is good. This
0: is that. This is uh, well. Just straight off. This is um clearly. This is going to be on my um, album of the year long list for sure. Definitely uh, potentially the short list. Um, there's just so many good things to say about this. I mean, his his like his delivery and like just how he has how she how he emotes uh, throughout the songs. Like it's just real. I don't know, he could just switch, he has a switch mentality, in it. and like, obviously there's other people that can do that, but his just cuts through so much nicer, um, and he just goes, he just goes everywhere, like, he, first he's going, like, he's really hot flow, and then he's, like, got some, you know, stacking vocals in a cor- in a hook or something like that, he just goes everywhere with it, and I just really enjoy that, and, uh, you know, the concepts and the, um, and the, uh the uh, bur- what's the word, uh, subject matter, themes, uh, it's, 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 it's super nice, uh, I love my block, Black Ones featuring gets. those are all my regular rotation, guaranteed, definitely on the songs of the year, uh, uh, long list, and there's some good stuff from Koji Radical as well, and uh, yeah man, not much, not not much I, it's, it's not much to hate about this, honestly, uh, maybe there should have been, I think, a feature on Love Drugs, but apart from that, uh, I don't really I don't really have n- <laughs> nothing else to say it's just a super superb album and I've been wanting this I've been wanting this I've been I've been waiting for that che lingo project and uh yeah man boy delivered super delivered and lastly um future utopia 12 questions okay so uh you guys may not know who future utopia is um and you'd be fine you'd be finding that because the, the 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 moniker exists only this year and uh it actually comes from uh Artist and producer writer Fraser T Smith. Now, if you don't know who Fraser T Smith is, let me just roll off some songs that he's written: <laughs> "Funky Friday," Dave, Dave and Fredo, uh, "Decline," Ray, Mr. Easy, um, several songs on Stormzy's two albums co-producing uh uh, dave's psychodrama basically he's the white guy who if you watch um dave's brit performance last year he's basically that white guy on the other side on the um other side the keys bro is heater bro it's a heater uh yeah he's been with stormzy dave constantly uh, craig david he's written for adele uh mate he's he's just he's just yeah he's 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 been everywhere (laughs) he's been everywhere in the past few years um but yeah this is uh his i guess uh creative outlet in a sense and uh it's basically a very um uh, very eclectic project um esque I guess in the poly the fact there's so many features on here so has got he's got stuff from like a, a lens of verse on here Koji radical Idris Elba's on here um for like a spoken thingy yeah, there's loads of skits uh, about like um just existentialism fear or faith do we really care? Uh, Dave's on here with Children Internet, that's fire uh, Kano's on one uh, Gets is on one, Arlo Parks does two, Duckworth on the Panotoma track, yeah man he just brings in some heaters on here and uh, yeah, the the sound is just the sound just goes everywhere, like you're getting a lot of flavours plenty of flavours um, but yeah man it's just so I don't know, it's a very unique project I will say that um, so yeah shout out to Future Utopia uh, or uh, Fraser T. Smith I mean yeah, man, definitely a fan. Definitely a fan. And with that said, we jump into our topic of this episode. Oh wow, twenty minutes—not even twenty minutes in. Great, that's that's, an, that's a that's a that's cutting down because we we have some content to get through today. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> we need this time. We need this extra time. All right. So continuing our Black Ishima for uh, series uh, for throughout the month of October. This is our fourth of five. And this is all about Roots Maneuver, Uh, our second Rodney. (laughs) Our second Rodney. uh, Shout
1: out to the Rodneys of the world. (laughs) Shout out to the Rodneys. Shout out to P and Roots Maneuver. Um, Bro, that was the other thing. Wait, wait. Before you go, that was the other thing that stupid French journalist said. No, I'm not even going to call him a journalist. So there's an interview with Roots Maneuver (laughs) on Red Bull Music. It, this The interview is the worst interviewer I've ever... Well, I've seen worse, but, like, I mean, Zane Lowe's worse. But this guy was pretty fucking bad. <laughs> he says to you him, Rodney doesn't seem like a very common UK name, or especially in UK hip-hop. <laughs> There's a Rodney P who basically created the whole genre, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to <laughs> fucking explode with that bullshit. That was a terrible interview. Uh, but anyway, continue okay. onwards, Charlie. Introduce our uh, yeah, introduce our topic, please. <laughs> okay. Um,
0: yeah. So, Ruth maneuver. <laughs> I came into this um, uh, uh, just listening sessions I've been having for the past week for myself. Uh, I came into this. Pretty fresh. Um, there were the it was like I'm the only album I actually listened to. I I remember specifically knowing that I've listened to front to back um, confidently uh, was Run Come Save Me, which obviously has Witness on there. Uh, obviously, most popular track, and I will probably reference that um, to explain to you guys how fucking nutty uh, the sound and just eclecticness uh, Roots Manoeuvre has in his history. Um, that's the only album of like. I've, i know for sure i've listened to fully front to back you know there's other stuff here and there that i've listened to before uh but not probably fully um uh, this is the only time I've gone through his discography fully and uh yeah man i i i didn't know what i i don't know what I initially thought I was going to get um but when you listen to something like witness which um you know in referencing that i think it says a lot of, a lot about him in a nutshell um from his sound uh from obviously how he talks um the patois heavy uh lyrics everywhere fucking love it um personally and just how i don't know just I- i'll just i'll just say it cuz i was kind of i kind of I, tra- I was trying to think if i was going to say this now or just in the end of it but this, this guy is, like, full-on alt-rap. And, you know, just a little history, history lesson for you guys. Uh, you know, alt-raps are pretty, um, I guess, a, a pretty, what's the word, uh, com- combated term. Uh, you know, some people like it, some people don't, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, some people, like, um, Open My Keel and them have, like, switched themselves into, quote-unquote, art rap instead of alt-rap, which, you know, is all sort, sort of fine with them. <laughs> Um, because you know technically, back in the day, a tribal quest and <laughs> native tongues in them were all rap, right? and how 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 ubiquitous are tribal quests uh, or how synonymous are like people like tribal quests and de La soul to hip hop now these days, you know what I mean, it's obviously a very um loose term, but I say I say roots maneuver is alternative rap. In the sense that he doesn't just—he's rapping, but there's a lot of there's a lot of flavors that he just takes and has uh, made sure he matures on throughout his discography. Um, Well, I was just about to jump for some reason. I was about to jump into his first album for some reason, but yeah, um, there's there's just so much to unpack here. Um, For me personally, I guess for Ben as well. Uh, and f- well, for both of us in this episode, like I said, there's just so much to get into. Um, just in not in not in, not even in how um, his career has gone in that gen- generic sense, but just how just how he's seen him, I guess, uh, portrayed himself, you know, as a nice coming through on his albums, and just like, let me give you this, let me give you something different, or or let me just give you, <laughs> I don't know, something that uh, obviously I'm inspired by. But here's a here's a full forty eight minutes of it. Um I wanna say I wanna leave because obviously we're gonna go through the albums at some point, but I wanna leave uh Dub Come Save Me and Duppy Writer to the end. Um as part of my final point. Uh but for the rest we'll obviously go through chronologically like we usually do. Uh and I'll just state that for now for the record. Uh but for now, we pop on our coats, we take that fifteen I keep forget the number, fifteen thousand miles? (laughs) Jay. All the way to Sydney, Australia. It probably, it
1: probably keeps getting bigger because of continental drift. So you're right. It's, it's wow, understandable that you. That's deep. I know. Awf- that's, that's awfully deep.
0: That's some hits blunt there. Mm. I like that. <laughs> We're chilling, Ben's, Ben's research house. What have you got for him?
1: What have you got? Alright, so Roots Maneuver is actually one of the... I I think I requested this episode because Roots Maneuver is one of the most important artists I've ever discovered. So yeah, the aforementioned Legendary Witness uh, came out in 2001. And it hit Australian shores in 2002. And I was around 14 years old and it was actually pretty big out here. Um, And back then I latched onto pretty much anything hip-hop I found via... We had our version of MTV, which was called Channel V. So it showed all the you know, the hip and happening videos of the day. And this was massive. Um, so I picked up Run, Concert, Come Save Me. And I just fell in love with Witness. Obviously, Idle Visions, Kicking the Cack, Sinny Sin Sins. But the song that I would say out of every Roots Maneuver song that I'd ever listened to that really dragged me in was Dreamy Days. Like It really entranced me. I'm not really sure why, but... I was, because I was so young at the time, I was 14, 15 years old, but like, you know, bars like messing around with those chemical rushes when natural highs come a whole lot cheaper, and this is my money, this is my pain, these are my drugs, this is my brain, and this was even before I had my own addiction issues, but they almost became like gospel to me, and then when Awfully Deep dropped in 2005, I was on the brink of alcoholism myself, and us just, this album, like I sunk into this album like a warm bath on a cold day. Honestly, man, it was like, it was just soothing. Uh, I'll get to that when we talk about that album, but I just want to say, like, right off the bat, Roots Maneuver, thank you so much for keeping me sane during a time when I really needed guidance or something that resonated. Uh, and to know that what I was going through, someone else had gone through before and that's a rare thing in hip-hop you know especially around this time 0405 it it's like it was very bling focused it was very materialistic and roots maneuver brought a completely different angle and you know with that said roots maneuver is just a poet uh he's a defining artist in the british hip-hop scene and unlike most lyricists i never felt like he really imposed his immense skill and lyrical ability on us he kind of let it grow and develop and eventually it would envelop you. So you understood that you could demand songs that were not only relevant poppy bangers, but you could demand lyricism at the same time. Um, And yeah, his background, obviously he's got an incredibly different sound. We spoke about London Posse and how they uh, use reggae in their music, but Roos Maneuver, it's like interwoven into his entire DNA, musical DNA. And uh, he grew up with a Christian family and his father was a Pentecostal preacher. And that actually spurred him to immerse himself in reggae music, which he said that his parents were not really fond of at all. They weren't listening to this kind of music. And it's almost like his rebellious way of creating his own identity as a teenager. And the way he deals with God is like really tortured at times, you know, like on Sinny Sin Sin, Sins, he reaches out to God. But the song is similar to that IDK album, Is He Real? Like it, it's sharp and it questions the role of God in the life of the individual. And uh, it's just like really switched on and aware shit. But also there's no real answer. Because I mean, I'll talk about this right at the end when we talk about his last album, Bleeds, which I think is fucking amazing. But uh, he tried to learn the, the violin at age nine. He says he gave up, but he still writes music on the violin, which is pretty crazy. There's a lot of strings in his music. Um he debuted in 94 but his debut album didn't drop till 99 and when he was asked why it took 5 years to drop his first album he just said that no one was willing to pay for it until big data big data came in and he's actually subsequently dropped every roots maneuver album on that label he did drop an EP in 95 but I only had two original songs but they're they're great and actually uh the the beats really easy and you could just you could feel his lyrical prowess even like this was his first major release and he just he sounds like he does on bleeds. Like he sounds at that level of skill. Like it's just like he came out as a fully formed MC. We said that on the Biggie episode as well. Like he just he was just great from the off the rip and that's what Roots Maneuver was. And we spoke about Dizzy's essential influence on Grime and how his debut album, Boy in a Corner, was the first mainstream Grime album. Roots Maneuver was the precursor to that. Because remember the essence of grime. It's like frank observations and unflinching testimony about the circumstances that young British people were going through at the time. And I really feel like if Roots Maneuver were rapping over different instrumentals on his debut album, he would be considered one of the forefathers of that sub-genre. But yeah, before we go on, I haven't given like insanely detailed research-laden overview. Because I really don't want to do that with Roots Maneuver. I think what's most important is the way that he makes you feel and his ability to describe really harsh situations poetically or just simply describe the human condition. And I think that's why he's essential, you know. And he came up alongside like Colcard, the Herbalizer, Mr. Scruff, Mark B. But what set Roots Maneuver apart is the fact that he could spit at the highest level of MCing. He could do it over literally any beat. That he could emote, he could genuinely emote about incredibly deep and dark subject matter. He had, he pulled no punches, and the guy is just the fucking. I don't know, he's a poet, man. He's just a genuine poet. So we can get into his debut album if you want to talk about that brand new second hand. Um, it's fucking. Cla- I think it's a classic.
0: Yeah. Um. I, I. I had to. I had to. I had to listen to it twice. Um. And. My- cuz i i usually like when i listen to something uh once like i feel I, I usually am able to just like get a you know half decent um just like footing <laughs> but i was so like i, I was so uh, set back by like uh the beats themselves which are so like uh, i i don't know they're just so like <laughs> I'll try i try to think of a specific word for it. But um obviously it's just like, you know, dub hip hop, electro like elements, obviously. And that's kind of the 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 status quo throughout most of his work. But uh, I this just is so much more uh dungey, like basement y. You know what I mean? It's just it just sounds like it was made in a basement. And judging by the fucking al- album or cover, literally it's just a just a picture of a fucking microwave. <laughs> like <laughs> it is just a picture of a microwave. It's great. Um, like, I, overall, uh, i see. Um, you really just immediately, like immediately, just see all of the all of the things that Ben was just was just talking about, and just like basically waxing on. Just the absolute poetry of this guy is actually crazy. Like the the legitimate poetry um with the way he with the r- way he writes. Um it's it's crazy to think about it's just just the fact that he has all these albums that we're also gonna talk about and just from just from one day one boom like uh, we could li- we could have literally done the um same thing we did with Mike Skinner and just said like we should just give each other a track and then like we just find like a, a fucking gem. I generally think we could have done that if we really wanted to. Um I'm gonna do it right now. Fuck it. <laughs> Let me. I'm just gonna pick wisdom for right and just see. Just see what comes through. See what, easy, f- see what I see. I feel like, like reading. Right. It's easy. For it's so easy. It's because it's for so. Sure. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. It, it just sends you everywhere. Like it. You're yeah. one, You're at one thing, <laughs> and then you're going somewhere else. All right, Here we go. This. This is. This is good. So rickety r- raps we write upon scraps of A4. Jack shite to do beheld my mind tour. Forty visualizes to be to be is to quan <laughs> It's to go on with things. As your plane grows, wi- grow wings. We gets fly as I bust a wheelie in the sky. What? We don't, know, we don't follow, follow. Code red leader, paid off the third term. Foot gets stampede. Homeward bound. We pull in telescope focus. Hanging in an outback on tough concrete. Inner outer galactic transportation. Zoop my bone. And I reflect at this eighth floor raw gyro check pour roadside distraction to the tune of galore carotene gets refueled detox for system him a him a catch a friskin discotheque off your wheat heart hex my level stay next to none of the run-of-the-mill x amount pride now like what 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 am i supposed to do with that like <laughs> what am i supposed to do with that Like, us you just like you just have to the dude is so lyrically dense like and this is probably my problem because like, I there's sometimes where I'm just like y- you listen to someone you're like All right, I I want to get it immediately firsthand but I just can't I I literally can't like I I, I will need to read those like ten times over mm. like line by line and just go oh right okay it's just it's so it's so I don't know it's just artistic integrity like just with stero- with steroids it's it's just like. I'm just going to give you whatever's on my mind. And it's just like a stream of thought. That's what it feels like. Whenever he whenever he raps, it feels like a stream of thought. It just feels like he's freestyling. Like he just says things and, you know, you you catch one and you're like, oh, that was good. And then you've missed, like, three. <laughs> you've mm. missed three double meanings or whatever. I just, yeah, man. But uh, that, that's kind of overall. But this particular album really just, like sent me because it was the first one I obviously had to go through and I was just like, Oh, this is hard, this is hard, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say <laughs> I don't know what to say about it I can not I d I can't I can't like gather it quick enough. Everything just goes over my head. It just uh, Yeah. Um but yeah man, regardless of that, I mean it's just it's it's superb. It's a. Uh, it's uh, it, it it really fits in the background for me personally, um just as like beats go. Um, it's like yeah. I said. It's very, it's very um, basementy, like just like full bass, and it doesn't really like um, smack you anywhere. It's just like here's a beat, and let me just go over it. So uh, it's an interesting album <laughs>
1: for damn sure. Yeah, I'll talk about that fact because he produces. I think he produced 15 of the tracks on this album. as what 16, 17 tracks, um, and then he produced. I think he produced 11 on. His second to last album, and then a lot of bleeds as well. But there was a period in the middle there where he didn't produce a lot. But you got to think about the con- the context of brand new second hand. Like at the time, uh, UK hip hop rapping in a British accent still wasn't seen as the most chart friendly choice. Like the interviewer who questioned him for British Masters via Noisy said that the his experience of buying that that album in a UK record store, brand new second hand, was he was laughed at for buying a uk album when american alternatives were as the shop steward said much better much more palatable much you know better listening and so this is why brand new second hand is so essential and is remembered as a watershed moment in an interview with the guardian he was asked how he felt about being declared the voice of urban britain and his response was very interesting he says and i quote i don't even know what it means now Back then, they were trying to give validation to what was considered a primarily American creativity and American musical nuance. It was all part of a hype machine that has led to the sonic landscape that we have here today. There's this all-encompassing art form that comes from the original street culture that was hip-hop and which has influenced every kind of music there is, but that we're not necessarily calling hip hop and so urban was a tag that in one broad stroke was supposed to sum up the general feel of people's social and economic position it's the word urban that irks in that description but if we remove that word i'm speaking now by the way this is this is not a direct quote uh, we see you know if you remove the word urban which is just a stupid word anyway australia still has an urban chart i think it's just so fucking annoying we've seen artists who uh, and an album that laid the grime, groundwork for Grime, honestly. Like, Pitchfork even claimed in their review, which Charlie's read and it's just fucking disgusting. But uh, they, they say, Pitchfork say that the UK had never produced a credible rapper until Roots Maneuver. Pitchfork's an American publication, okay? So think about this. Like, we know about Rodney, we know about Rodney P. We did a whole fucking episode on him. So we know there's plenty of credible UK rappers prior to 1999, considering like it's 17 years since the genre took off in the in the UK. <laughs> so it's a disgusting review. But see, no one was doing what Roots Maneuver was doing on this album. The way that he bent his vocals around any beat. Like on Sinking Sam, Sands, he grabs like a really conventional hip-hop beat. It's something that could have popped up as a B-side for Mob Deep, I felt. And he just does it like insane justice by sliding into this real... He has these lyrical MC modes where it's just like... As Charlie said, sometimes his music can go into the background. So if you put it on like I was playing FIFA and listening to it... And I was realizing I wasn't engaging with it the way I needed to... To actually speak about it. Because it was kind of like sliding into... Because the beats are that way. But he's spitting like... She don't like the smell of my smoke. She says my eyes, them is red... And I need to go up and fix my head. Honey, my head is fixed. I'm getting deep with my purpose, synchronizing to the mystics of cosmic energy. Like, if you just listen to his lyrics, it's fucking insane. He, like, he mixes the reality with the fantasy of an artist, and the words just end up pouring out. And the track prior to that is a much slower, more reggae focused song. And he slows his delivery like dramatically and drops a hook worthy of any reggae song. Like it's then we get something like Cornmeal Dumpling, which is really sleepy. It's like a generic beat. So then Roost Maneuver sits out in front of it and drives the whole song forward. So his vocals are like the primary instrument in that. It's just fucking majestic. Like producing the majority of it. Like it makes it feel really homegrown. Uh it's uh, it's actually it's just entirely unique, you know. And then. It goes on to run, come save me, which I think is a really interesting sophomore album. Um, I let Charlie talk about that, but I found this album, yeah, very interesting. I uh, I have
0: to read this. I have to read this Pitchfork review. I I have to. So the, the Ben mentions a Pitchfork review from his first album, and uh, I just for, for just for kicks went to read them um, the run, come save me review that they did. Um. Now, I don't know who Ethan P is. Um he actually reviewed the M and M show and uh, the blueprint for, for Pitchfork at the same at around that time obviously. What, uh, what did he is? give those? Uh I, I think like nine point one and something and something more positive for uh Eminem. Nine point yeah, nine point one for reviewed- the M M show, that was
1: it, yeah. Yeah. The review you're about to hear, listeners, is one of the most disrespectful things that has ever been published on the internet. And that's the internet. There's been a lot of disrespectful <laughs> things published on the internet. This is bad. This is bad. Continue. It's awful. So,
0: uh, so Roos Maneuver sends like a, uh, like just like a, I don't know where it's from, but like uh, he basically sends a letter to Keras One. He goes, uh, dear Keras One, don't know if you heard of me, but I'm a rapper producer from South London, England. I've just released a second album called Run, Come Save Me. That I thought might be of interest to you I also wanted to let you personally know How much that track you did with Shabba Ranks Meant to me when I was first starting out oh, I can imagine uh, Really opened my eyes to new forms of expression hip hop music anyway I've included a copy of my new CD I'd love it if you let me know what you think of it
1: Thanks So this dude Ethan comes through in like But that's mo- him That's Ethan That's Ethan saying that That's not a Roots Maneuver thing He's Like that's Ethan pretending to be Roots Maneuver right? I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was supposed to be Roots. I no. thought it was supposed to be Roots. No, I, that's I, Ethan. Oh, wow. That's Ethan mimicking Roots Maneuver. Like, how would he get hold of KRS, a, a, an email to KRS-One? I've never heard, I've never read anything where even Roots Maneuver says anything about KRS-One. That's Ethan saying, I'm Root like speaking as if he is Roots Maneuver. He's having a conversation, Ethan's having a conversation with himself, but impersonating KRS-One and Roots Maneuver during this whole thing. Right, exactly, okay, okay, that makes it even worse, okay. That's why it's
0: worse, that's why it's horrible. (laughs) Okay, so, yeah, this is entire, so, the fact, okay, Jesus Christ, okay, right. Alright, let me just get into, let me just read the first paragraph, because we don't have all day. So he goes, Maneuver, don't fucking kid yourself, I know the act. Seems like things are going nice for you right now, and honestly, I'm happy for you, I think you're a good kid, but this new album you sent me, what the fuck? I don't even know where to start in this bullshit, the first track is called No Strings, but actually it's nothing but strings. I guess you think. I guess you think you actually you're doing something very clever here, Rodney. Fuck. Listen to me. It's just tepid, all of it. You're riding a wave of novelty right now. I didn't ride my way out of the motherfucking gutter on enemy hype. If you stay on this path, your next stop's gonna be a thievery corporation cameo. All your reviews begin with "Where else will you hear someone rapping about insert Britishism here?" Who gives a fuck about ten pints of bitter? You were never lyrically stunning to say the very least, but at least you were listenable. Now it's like trying to sit through a blunted knock-knock joke with no punchline. To make it all somehow worse, the only re- real uh, read American in brackets, uh, MC on the whole thing is that clown from J5 on. Join the t- hold up. Alright, uh, so he's referencing Charlie Tuna, which is which he is one of my favourite fucking voices in, in any fucking genre of music. That dude's voice is so deep and so baritone, it's so great. The fact that he calls it a clown from J five and in Jurassic Five at the same time, I wanna I I wanna slap even right now. On join the dots and he's easily the worst lyricist in the history of this rap shit. Wow. Name-dropping Anthony Kiedis, for fuck's sake. Rodney, that's unforgivable. I don't know, maybe the words would be a bit more palatable. If not for your voice, oh, that voice, Christ. On your first album, it seemed like your rugged, yawn-brackets vocal stylings were almost something close to fresh. But now, with the production thin to most boring minimum, and after hearing too fucking many two-step ragged shouters, a weak cockney sputter just doesn't hold my interest at all. Everything on here just uh, seems stolen. And not just because the brackets unintentionally on brackets, shaky religious doubt of sinny, sin, sin comes directly from my on Christian hypocrisy chapter. You've jumbled all the flaws of every ponderous underground hip hop animal into confusingly repulsive brackets. And lest I forget British MC, it's a bad thing. And that's just half of it. So going on completely about that and um, I'm completely dumbfounded of like where this dude is coming from with this. And I find it a bit silly um, to come through on a review, and I don't want to make it about this dude right now, but, you know. So make it a review, and you're not exactly saying it with your actual name on it, even though you're the author, but you're putting Karis' name on it. It's just, I don't know, it just sends me a a hell of a wrong way. Um, I don't know where he's coming from with any of this. The only tracks, to be honest, I don't really rate that highly is probably like Trim, Body, and Article. Um, I just didn't really like the 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 flow and the beat choices going on there, but past that, bro, like everything just goes hard. Like to me, like the electronic um, st- st- uh, staple comes in so much more on here um, compared to the first album. And you know, hey man, I tell you this: I don't know about Ethan, but I have never heard a British MC coming through with not just hip hop beats. Not just hip hop beats laced with electronic be- uh, uh, elements, but hip hop beats with laced with electronic elements with full on reggae, dub reggae uh, elements thrown in in equal measure. This, this album itself, regardless of what you feel about it, is unique as shit. And it kind of says it the whole, and kind of, I can say that for the whole of Roots Maneuver's career to be completely honest. Um, and I'll kind of zoom out in the end of it. But just in this album itself, like join the dots with Charlie Tuna is fucking sick. I don't know where the fuck Boss Man's talking about with that one. Like that, those, the, those call two him. voices don't call alone. Him boss
1: man. Yeah. Don't call him. Don't give him any term of indignity well, whatsoever. Well, it's like, just uh, well
0: I'm idiot. not. I'm. I'm clearly not saying it in just like like <laughs> in a in a in a confident way. Like I just say it just to say it, bro. I'll I'll say that about fucking. Uh, Boris Johnson, bro. Like, yeah. you know, the boss Maker, fuck off. <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> but yeah, fuck boy Let's go with Fuckboy instead, right? So I don't know what Fuckboy is coming through with this, um, to be being honest. Like, I don't know how you get bored listening to two of to, to these absolute boss voices in Ro- Roots Maneuver and Charlie Tuna. And that's not even getting into the lyrics of them. Um, and then you obviously have Cine Sin Sins, which you obviously mentioned you can. And then you have the fucking heater of a Posse Cart. Which has Roost Maneuver, mm. Skem, uh, Niara Scarlet, Big P, Rodney P like so many more people in four yeah. minutes or five minutes or just yeah. under five minutes. It's absolutely heat. And then you have highest mm. grade with Shawnee T, and that's just a, a complete weed anthem. And then obviously Dreamy Days, which um to be honest, gave me a real um I don't know, there was something special about that track which I feel like I can't contextualize in the moment, but there is something the the fact that you mentioned that off off uh, off off rip. Um, was not completely surprising to me, because there was something, I was walking the dog at the time, it was chucking down a rain, so I couldn't really think about it properly, but listening to that really, really hit different, and I can't really contextualise at the moment, but um, it did do something, it did do something that the other songs didn't, uh, for sure, but then, like bro, just like, dub styles, and Bashment Boogie, like, it's just, so... <laughs> there's so much to just, like, eat here, like, if you don't want the lyrics, you got the beats. If you don't want the beats, you got the flow. Like whatever you want, bro. There's so much to this. There's so much to eat. I don't get why music reviewers see like too much on their plate as like a bad thing. Like it doesn't make sense to me. There's so much you can take from this particular album. I'm just scratching the surface, to be completely honest with you. Um, <laughs> I haven't even mentioned witness yet. Like. <laughs> It's a fucking absurdly decent album, bro. Uh I I personally prefer it over um over uh, uh his debut. Um just yeah, cuz there's more actually, energy yeah. to it. Um yeah, yeah just cuz there's more energy to it and it's just more yeah, 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 just that's kind of how, there's no more to say it's about that. But it's just got more energy to it to me. Um the only reason why I'd say that is just cuz a brand new second act just come while it while it is good, it just it, like you said, you know, you can be you could be doing, like, I don't know, the most mundane task, and it might, a lot of it will go over your head, like, you, it's like a, it's like watching a, um, it's like watching a Christopher Nolan film, like, you need to watch it, <laughs> you need to watch and, and, and listen properly, so, uh, you know, it requires a bit more effort, um, but this one's just got vibes, man, absolute vibes, so, I go, uh, go fuck yourself, Ethan.
1: Yeah, I'm not interested in Ethan's review. It's obviously wrong. Objectively, it's disrespectful. It's just stupid. I don't know how old he was when he wrote it. I'm hoping he was maybe 11 or 12 years old at the time <laughs> and it was maybe maybe his his father worked for Pitchfork and it was bring your kid into work day and they said, "Oh, this will be funny. Let's let the 11-year-old write a review." And I don't know why they to published it. To be honest, bro, sure. the other
0: t- the other two reviews I mentioned are written so weirdly. Like it's it's like a it's like a it's like a wannabe comedy writer wanted to write, write about music. It's really freaky. But
1: We're not all funny, so. Ethan. Not all of us are funny. <laughs> I'm funny. Charlie's funny. You're not funny. That's okay. Maybe you have other skills. I'm not sure what they are. Clearly, by reading this review, they're not in the realm of human connection. So, I don't know what you're good at. But just stick to that. Don't write fucking reviews, man. Anyway, I, I just hate that review. Um But I saw this album as an artist really growing into his style. Like I feel like a lot of artists fall off on the sophomore album because they're chasing something new or more successful. But that really came naturally for Roots Maneuver. At no point did Witness feel any different to anything he dropped prior. Except that it was a total fucking earworm. It didn't feel like, you know, you hear, like, if you listen to the Black album, for example, Change Clothes is completely different to the whole aesthetic of the album because it's a single, because he's trying to make a single on that album, you know? But with this album, and I know that's, but they came out around the same time, um, yeah, the, Witness doesn't feel like he's trying to make a single. The only time I would say he's even close to towing that line is uh, the the song with Ricky Ranking, which is Bashman Boogie. But even with a vaguely pop hook, it's still a garage tune. You know, it still sounds like it was yep. made by just banging random pieces of debris together, which is, you know, like, it's just fucking great. And this album had a much denser and more anthemic angle. Like, Idle Visions feel like he's taking me on like a spiritual quest through deep meditative states. You know, he raps sanctified vagabonds speaking pontings praise be to the king of the fringe but now go ahead gonna take up in the mountain like two mountain dread staple nosh out rocking that cold fish and bread there's a lot of patois um obviously i don't know you're cleaning up bro you're cleaning up keep going so so um i apologize for butchering the patois i'm just reading you know (laughs) But then the, the very next song is kicking the cack, and I can't even place the beat, but it really reminds me of something. I don't know what it is, but I keep trying to rack my brains. But then the lyrics are totally different. Pure rap, pure like bragging. you know. But then he weaves in patois as well, and he says, Just the speck of dust on the tip of God's dick, with a dick of my own, I zone across the hemisphere, skanking on my toe tip, make my lips shake, levitate, as I eat carrot cake, educated in the cycle of life, Unicycling on tight ropes. The album is just poetry. This guy is a poet, man. And it's actually way more reggae and dub, I felt, than his debut. Like the beats with no influence from those genres are few and far between. Maybe Sinny Sin Sins or Dreamy Days. Maybe Swords in the Dirt, which uh as Charlie mentioned, has Ronnie P. just rapping about third eyes and rap crews like rodney p just got right into the fucking swinger things on that one he's just like oh, i see what the vibes are all right i've got this like the guy's a legend as well but man i don't i don't think there's a miss on this project i actually enjoyed it more than his first album too i i love it yeah man it's just uh
0: yeah that, that it, it, it and actually it actually I, t- to be honest um i feel like I feel like his first album like sits sits alone, and everything else. Uh, I think like from Run Come Save Me to I'll I'll stack these next two albums, uh, Awfully Deep Panda, Slime and Reason because like they they really pose as um, I think I think lyrically um, like, real experimental. Uh, really really experimental from a lyrical step well actually awfully deep experimental from a lyrical standpoint and from a delivery standpoint and uh, from slime reason I think is uh the, probably his most eclectic from a sound perspective um so, some of th- some of that shit just 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 hits really interestingly um but like uh, from stuff like from stuff like too cold on um, on a uh, awfully deep. Like this dude comes through with literally spoken word. Like we we mentioned, he's a poet, but he can't, But previously, it was more j- obviously raps, right? It was it was it was in a more you know classical rap tone. Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously uh, as classic as uh, a maneuver can get in a, a, with a lacing paddle throughout throughout. But uh, you know y- you get what I mean, right? But with something like too cold. Um, and for most of Awfully Deep as I was listening to it, it just came through as like a spoken word, right? It's like, you know, he's just saying a slam poetry kind of session. He's just like, he he comes through, he goes, um, in this uh, second voice, he goes, I spoke with my money. They're saying a joke money, banana boat money, banana vote money, food on a plate money, Mm. real or fake money, lose or take money. At times I hate money. Mm. It's money that makes money, makes people act funny. Mm. Civilized men start to act gunny gunny. Take your life in a second with the right kind of money. Mm. Life in the West, we obsess by money. Mm. Mind how you worship, you can't be blessed by money. Mm. I do the best with all my money. Progress with my money. Invest with my money. Touch breasts with my money. Get sex with my money. (laughs) Get vexed with my money. Respect for my money. Means I feed my tummy. Blessed be my my pound. Get my food damn yummy. Like, what? That's poetry,
1: bro. That's literally Standing on a box on the corner, just fucking delivering heaters,
0: yeah. Just, just fucking like, bro, that's that's spoken word, bruv. Like that's crazy to me. I feel like, um, I feel like awfully deep is probably like lyrically, um. I wouldn't say. Uh, do I, I want to say his best? Do I want to say that? Yes, like, you do. You do want to say that. Okay. All right. All right yeah. fuck it. I'll say. it. I'll say. It, yeah. All right. Fine. It's 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 definitely there. It's definitely there. It's definitely in contention. Um, just because. Just like, just because of what I'm saying. Just like how, uh, you know, he just takes a concept and he, bro, he just took money. He just took the word money and just stretched it for a whole fucking verse. Like it's just as as, as he. It's like he does it in his sleep. Mm and in the way he delivers it is so calm so calm every freaking time it, he doesn't sound tired it, Well, not tired but like he doesn't obviously most artists don't sound tired when they rap but you know he doesn't sound like he's struggling for like for struggling for words struggling for content or anything like he, he just i just like if if you just rung him up and just go like can you get me a verse right quick yeah I'll do it in 5 minutes there you go <laughs> let me just let me just write say it uh give me a word um i don't know vinyl did vinyl? 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 vinyl. So, I, 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 but he could honestly. He, he just. It just comes across so easy for him, and like just listening to this album, um, you know, sound wise, I think it took a not a step back, but it, it. But the lyrics just went so far forward here for me personally. I just didn't even. Um, I just didn't even take account of the sound because. Um, I feel like it was just like, just more of the same. You know what I mean? It wasn't really like a. It wasn't like slime and reason where I feel like sound wise, that was just like pushed. Mm. Like, it, the, the beats on those are just like, like they go fucking everywhere and anywhere, <laughs> um, you know, and still keeping, but still sounding quintessential roots maneuver, which I highly respect. I just don't know. It, it, there's things like that where like, um you know, you listen to like a, let's say like after hours, of the weekend, right? Since you mentioned them a while back. Um, you know, he, he he obviously did the um. You know, as I talked through in my light note last week, you know, he did he obviously made the singer um, trap music uh, singy boy. Like he he did that. He started well, not started that, but he made it pop, right? He made it pop in, and then he dipped, and he's now doing obviously like the eighties kind of thing, got synth synth heady shit. You know what I mean? But it seems, it just seems fine in the style of the weekend. Right, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem out there. It doesn't seem like, oh, he's, he's stretching himself a bit. You know what I mean? It seems, he seems right at home in that. And it's the same with Roots' manoeuvre when it comes to especially slime and reason. Because like, even though I feel like the beats just go out there, they just go everywhere and just f- fucking clunky at times, to be completely honest. Like, um uh, it still sounds quintessential at Roots' manoeuvre. And he still floats on them. And I, I don't know what you can say about that. You know what I mean? It's just like there's there's something about knowing um uh knowing yourself enough f- from an artistry perspective to just do that crazy shit and just like go yeah i can do that easy it's fine no sweat
1: literally no sweat so uh unbelievable yeah i'm gonna talk a lot about this album because um this is the album that made me fall in love with Bruce Manuva and It was really difficult for him to record in a number of ways like firstly it's essentially his sophomore album if we talk about the phenomenon whereby an artist drops a wildly popular album and then is confronted with backing it up so Smith's second album was his mainstream breakthrough via witness obviously and so then awfully deep which is his chronologically his third album became his mainstream sophomore and he told an interview about being popular he said i'm paranoid about becoming sanitized i don't want to be known as the hip-hop geese for people that don't like hip-hop there was a bit of angst getting awfully deep ready i had to go through a bit of pain and the pain is just plastered all over this fucking record man colossal insight is mad dark like he says feeling the cold draft of the bleak winter splinters in my soul i'm out of control and i know i should cut down this drinking too many late nights and wayward thinking and then later on in the song he says i walk with disaster prefer to be plastered and he when he says that he like yells it out it's like i will, i prefer to be plastered like but and then he speaks about possibly retiring later in that verse which is actually he's something he said he did he did speak about and he said he certainly considered not so much about retiring from all music But retiring the name Roots Maneuver and moving on to something more low key. So Awfully Deep is very tortured. And there's this classic line off the title track where he says, tell my management not to waste good money, sending me away to the farms of the funny. And that line has always stuck out to me as like incredible, like the whole story behind it. I've always been curious about it. He said in an interview, and I quote, I'll get into a legal battle if I start pointing fingers over that. But it is reflective about artistic figures having a rest, like George Best or Gazza. Paul Gascoigne, he's talking about. Um, I think he's talking about Paul Gascoigne, who has struggled a lot with addiction issues. Uh, I'm not on that scale, but I have instances where I go off on a wild one when people say you should have a rest. That just makes you worse. Like, leave me alone. I'm just me. So... I want to spend a little bit of time on this because it's a theme throughout his entire discography, his entire discography, and in interviews. Like he told The Guardian in 2015, 95% of artists have gone through mental health issues. The industry is willing to have you out there dangling by a string, getting by on just painkillers and antipsychosis drugs. And he said in numerous interviews that people think he's is schizophrenic or crazy simply because he has a lot of ideas. And that those are crazy to non-creative people, but creative to him. He actually refers uh, references schema and parts therapy, which is a genuine psychological strain that offers up the theory that we're all made of numerous personas or parts who all have their own values and their own motivations and their own desires. So he presents himself as actually not being crazy, but just creative. But then he also told The Quietus in 2015 or 2012, I think it might have been, when my mental health team find me, because they do find me when I disappear, they know what to do. I don't want them to find me. I'm in some crazy crack den or some gambling house in Mitcham, and I think I'm untraceable. I've got no mobile on me or nothing. And suddenly someone appears and says, or you get the fuck out of there. Or something happens and I get nicked and I have to spend a few days in a cell somewhere. This push and pull, right, is just littered all over his career and especially on Awfully Deep and Bleeds as well. But there's tension all over this album. Like the reggae dancehall dub Electro just smash up of like Rebel Heart or Chin High. He's just. That's his most focused as an MC. He's like a French poet in a British accent on something like a haunting. And then, like, the falling is just super darkness. Like, death and disease in a baseball bat. STDs that have no name. Down at the clinic with a face full of shame. I took a blunt knife and cut a piece of my heart. That's my fat sacrifice, my wayward device. Shit is... It's tough to listen to, bro. Like, I bought this You could say it's awfully deep. It's it's fucking it's way deeper than awfully. I mean it that's it's a perfect title, right? Because awfully is awful, yep. but it's deep, it's but it's also yeah, it's just a great title. I would say too cold is the equal of witness but just a little more dated. Um I do think there's a lot to love from a mainstream perspective on this album. Uh and this album was really important to me. Like 2005 I was listening to like um You know, Snoop, Buster, 50 Cent, Eminem, Jay, Memphis Bleak, Ja Rule. So all the big budget stuff, right? But I did need some mental health content. I needed to feel some resonance. And this album still sonically sat next to those albums. Like I was, you know, a constant mainstream diet. And yet Awfully Deep was not that out of pocket for me. I wasn't like, whoa, this is crazy. Like this is really low-fi, really underground. I just was like, oh, it's another rapper of the same ilk. I didn't know back then, you know, who was big, who wasn't. So it still sounds mainstream and very glitzy, but like it's just man, it's a classic fucking. It's one of the most important albums of my entire life and um shout out to Bruce Maneuver for that. Uh we can move on to slime and Reason. I just need to get that out, man. Fucking great album. I kind of said all I said of Slim Reason to be honest, so you can keep going if you want. Okay, I mean, I don't have a lot to say about this album, but uh okay. he said that this album is a conflict between doing what you want and what you know is right which is a really big theme in his lyrical content the oscillation between mm. adhering to christian values but fostering your own persona and identity you could just look at the basis mm. of his entire career like listening to reggae music but having songs like sinny sin sins um he said that this album directly is about finding a suave enjoying the stumbling and making mistakes and learning from them i suppose the slime is the negative and the reason is the positive so it's the two sides of the story uh he also Mm. said he wanted to try and get a melodic sonic sleaziness and cheesiness to put a bunch of sounds in a pot and like mix it up and gospel was a huge part of that he said and it's a total trip and i feel like his humor is almost obvious at points on here. It's almost like he's creating trip. a he's like creating a caricature of himself or of his trademark sounds, you know? Like some of these songs mm. just I feel like he's winking yeah. at the camera in a big way and I I think yeah. he actually <laughs> yeah. I think it's the point because he said of awfully deep. Yeah. He says the humor in that record totally went over everybody's head. Everybody just saw the serious side and he said the falling was uh, it was hyperbole, but no one got it. So I feel like he got frustrated with that. And he said, even when they played The Falling on radio, he was just like, oh, you guys aren't going to understand. And I'm like, this is hyperbole. This is exaggeration, like exaggerating for effect. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like he just hammed it up on Slime and Reason and was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to give you ultra, <laughs> ultra, ultra, turn up to the max. And then, you know, yep. we got Slime yep. and Reason. So... <laughs> It's interesting, listen, it's probably my least favourite of his albums, um, but it's, it's you know, it's very mm. interesting to see his creative direction. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, he just, uh, he, he, just <laughs> he, he just, he just goes out, he just, he just
0: poses. it's actually quite interesting that you say, like, you know, uh, uh, basically winking at the camera, that's kind of what I was thinking of, I just really didn't want to, like... I didn't want to like say that. I guess I was just like, "Am I, am I, am I hearing this right? Nah. It's like it sounds like it sounds low key, like self-deprecating. I yeah. guess it's, it had that tinge of it." But um, yeah, I, I that that the like that you said it, it just yeah, it's, it's crystal clear. That's crystal clear to me. Um, so the last two we'll talk about is obviously uh, Forever Revolution and the uh, Bleeds. Um, I'll, I'll leave Bleeds for uh, for for Ben Stone because obviously uh, he's. Uh, very into that particular album. Um, he <laughs> was literally like, I just want to talk about Bleeds. Like, a month ago, I swear, it's just like, I just want to talk about Bleeds. It's <sighs> fucking hard. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, we'll talk about Bleeds. We'll talk about bleeds. Um, but yeah, Forever Evolution. I was like, I didn't really know what to because even, um, even from the album cover, it's just completely different from the rest of them. It's just like Roots Maneuver, Forever Evolution. It's just there, it's just, just, there's no, I don't know. So, um, no uh, quirkiness to it it's literally just like words and and a blue um background it's, n- it's not it's nothing much um but i feel like this is a very um i i feel like he he's like pulled he, he he's gone for this album and like pulled himself like back in not not in like a bad way but like just just matured himself in 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 some ways and like talking about um, less, um, less abstract themes and more just, like, real-life kind of shit, um, at times. Um, and I feel like this track's, like, um, uh, One Mech and, uh, uh Takes Time especially Takes Time. Uh, and there's a couple, and there's a couple more, like, he, he mentions, like, his wife and kids at one point, um, and uh it you know, takes time specifically i would like to talk about as just like a as i can i guess um a one track uh, explanation of the of the of the entire album uh, which is kind of not the best thing but uh, is how i see it um i see it as just like uh a karma um attitude and more uh more meditative i think that's the word i'm trying i'm trying to find um Sound-wise, I guess it's um, how would I word, how would I word it? Um, I can't think of a word for it, but let me. I'll try. I'll try and I'll try and find a word for it. But yeah, I think lyrically he just comes through with some more real-world um, topic. Um, you know, even though he has he he did that before and has done that before, but he just gets more eg- existential in like the more realistic sense of just like a therapy session, not like. I'm throwing my I'm throwing my problems and my and my ills to this um to this canvas. You know what I mean you know what I mean like you get a paintbrush and you just, whoosh, and you just throw paint at the canvas. It's not it's not like that. Um, it's more like um, let me sit down and actually like say what's um say what's on my mind. But obviously with not completely out of the uh, out of the abstractness that this route maneuver obviously uh pervades in. Um, for stuff like here we go again, right? Um. You know, even even the hook. It's like here we go again. Run into me when you find out you got no friends. I'm sick of your pretense. I upon man. You say you big dog upon your race. That's a lie, eh? It's just, it's it's just like I'm talking to someone right now, and it's, I'm just being real with you. Like you know, you do you're doing all this shit. You're doing too much. And then he goes like, it's funny how life uh, comes and scolds a dude. Certain people don't want to learn, but he shows a toot attitude and those blokes never used to go to school uh, go to school now they want to come through and push up with some playground moves <laughs> it's, just, it's it's still roots it's still roots but he's he's kind of like gone down to like a more realist realism uh kind of kind of world am i explaining this right <laughs> no you are hundred feel like i'm ch- no, okay, no, okay. you okay. way
1: on the right track right now because he's actually said <laughs> okay. in interviews that that's exactly the what he was going for. He said, and I just to, not Perfect. to cut you off, but he said he was biking, Go for it. Go for it. biking to the studio a lot and he was just started right. rapping about shit he saw on the street or just like very everyday life stuff. He yeah. said it was very rooted in reality, this album. So you're 100% on the right yeah. track. All right, then. Great. <laughs>
0: it's that's, that's, that's great honestly cuz I, I was uh, you know just for just my personal like i'm i'm getting better but like i i i, I for one thing i did enjoy this album because of that cuz you know i kind of you know in my artistry i like having that realistic um sense to things um so this kind of this kind of album is right up my alley um but it still has that roots um roots abstract tinge to it but yeah i i just like the I, I just like the feet that one, at least one foot on the ground. I guess kind of uh, stance he's taken on this. You know, he's got one foot above. You know, what I mean, he's, he's got one foot in the ground still, over, over the ground still. But he's he's just planted one down. And um, you know, if you want to if you want to go right to bleeds and say that's two feet down, uh, that'll be a amazing segue. But uh, <laughs> but do what you feel with that one.
1: No, I I think you said it really well. The only thing I will say about this album is he did produce the majority of it, and um. Which I found yeah. interesting. Uh but you know, I don't have a lot else to say. I think he nailed it. He was definitely talking about having a more down to earth album and then obviously we get bleeds, which is like I feel like bleeds mm-hmm. would be like the quintessential project for most artists, but in Roots Maneuver's case it's just Fucking the def- yeah, I know, right? It's wow. bed- with Roots Maneuver it's just, it's a just chapter, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's the definitive release in just one aspect of his artistry. Like his depth. And I felt like, you know, basically similar to what you were saying, if Awfully Deep was the toe in the water, then Bleeds is just the entire submersion. Like, Mm. he starts with hard bastards, and it's just wrenching. He says, three generations don't give a shit about work. They've all got aspirations, but nothing they're supposed to. The TV and the magazine, it keeps it kind of hopeful that one day in some way they'll get a lucky break. In the meantime, that plant food provides a cheap escape the government don't trust them and keeps them all in place with cheap food and cheap booze and keeps them out of that keeps them out of shape it's like it's such a stinging indictment on capitalism and the structures of modern society he just fucking eviscerates it then the next song is called crying it's like when i look oh, inside my head yeah, and tough. find it so disgusting i speak to myself and myself say go go cause some disruption i'm a rich man i'm a poor man i can't take no more man and that beat is haunting. Like the beat is just oh, yeah. straight intensity for three minutes. It's the second song in his album. And his <laughs> vocals have this distorted quality. And the way that they I envisage it, it's like he's in a in a like crypt, but he's running for his life from demons. Like he sounds like he's running, but he's underground at the same time. Ah, oh, I gotta breast a little bit here, man. This album is really, I'll, I'll tell you all, and I'm going to be honest, because why the fuck not? So I've been having a horrible eight weeks. You know, I told everyone about the stuff with the blood and the medication, so I had to come off medication. So I've been mad fucked up for the last six to seven weeks. Like suicidal, I'm not going to kill myself, by the way, I'm i am fine. I have a treatment team, but I've been, you know, thinking about the darkest possible shit and I put this album on and I even relapsed a little bit. I even drank last week and I had, you know, I haven't drunk for two days in a row since 2010 and I drank four days in a row and I put this album on and I was like, I tr- I couldn't listen to Awfully Deep because it was way too close to home. So I didn't put that on until like yesterday or maybe Saturday because I was like, I can't, you know, it's Monday here, by the way, it's Monday morning. But with bleeds, I was like one of those days. I was so depressed, and when you're very depressed, sometimes it actually helps to listen to very depressing music because it's like depression—you kind of wallow in a lot, and you, yeah. you, the apathy is better than the fear. So if you do feel apathetic and you feel it feels safe and comfortable to have a resonance around you when you're very depressed, anxiety is completely different. You don't want something to increase your anxiety when you're anxious. You want to do everything to take it away. But depression. So I listened to Bleeds and I was like, I listen to Hard Bastards and it's almost made me cry. I'm like, holy shit, the the inevitability of it all. Like <laughs> yeah. this shit is dark and then crying. And then, you know, Fasty yeah. comes and it's probably the most mainstream song on the album, which isn't saying a lot. It's kind of catchy, but there's a little suite of respite then with Don't Breathe Out. But then we go into Cargo and it's just this menacing synth line. And the chorus is we'll be leaving here alone. Well, a really easy way we go. So we're leaving here alone. And there's so much intensity on here. It's just glorious. It's absolutely glorious. Like stepping hard references death. Me up is just cagey and anxious. Uh, One thing starts promising, but then just dives right in. Uh, On I know your face, he raps, a paranoid place is not a real place. But who's to say when the words won't say? Emotional tipping points, the sticking points in a one-way path. And his vi- he plays a violin and it perfectly accompanies the mournful like sound of it. But it's the final track. And I know I'm talking a lot about Bleeds, but I actually, Anna, I actually uh, transcribed this whole album for Genius. It was very difficult to do because his vocals aren't easy to pick out. Must have spent maybe 10 hours just writing lyrics out. But fighting for, with the question mark at the end, on the first yeah. verse he raps... Knives shall be plunged deep into the flesh of them that were happy to least expect it. Blood may well be thicker than water, but war will will arrive with no word of warning. And it has one of my all-time favorite bars where he says, death making space for life. And I'm going to like conclude on this. I think the whole album is summed up in this song, possibly that bar, possibly his whole career, because it feels like me, Mm. to me, a constant battle between... Violently apathetic depression and a violent fight for life and what's right, but then at the same time questioning what right even is. And as I said earlier, it reminds me a lot of "Is He Real" by IDK, which you know came out way after this album. But I know I think it, no, well, this came out 2015. So, but but that the first yeah. reference when I said was way back with "Sin Sin Sins." It questions religion and, and on this album. And his career, he goes f- so far into his psyche and he wants to, it seems like he wants to extract just how he feels about existence in its current form. But all he p- manages to pull out are strong convictions and musings that just seem to contradict each other at every turn. And the title of the track with the question mark, like, are your convictions even worth fighting for? Because not only do we all die in the end, but are they are your convictions even valid or valuable? Do any do other people hold them? And he doesn't even get close to answering that question, you know? And to me that's so perfect. It's like the boiled down version of life because when you get to the bottom of it, it makes even less sense than when you were floating on top of it. Like the more aware you are of life, the more, you know, they say ignorance is bliss, the deeper you go into things, the more confusing they are. There's that curve that I talked about oh, ages ago. It's like when you're first learning a skill, you think you're way better than you really are. The more you learn about it, the more you realize you're just a complete beginner. And I feel like it, it's like, um, I don't know, it's like every time he pulls up a layer, there's 10 other layers, and it's just so confusing. And I just, I love this album, man. I love this guy. I love this, just, this shit is so deep. It's just so fucking deep. It's so philosophical, but it's so... Vital and so essential. It feels like doing a fucking philosophy class at university, man, when you listen to him. <laughs> it's just... You're going to be scratching your head and crying and getting pulled in all these different directions. The guy's a genius. Like, he's a fucking thought genius, but he's he's also a musical genius. He's just a genius on a bunch of levels, and I hope people realize that. Like, ah, man. This is some, some deep shit. Roots Maneuver, shout out to you. Well, uh, I
0: can't really say... Uh too much that you obviously didn't say um but a track for me that really hit home to me was uh, stepping hard and um it was it's more it's obviously one of the more um uh s- hopeful tracks of the album <coughs> um he goes into this verse going um uh move by it. boom by the mountain and never seen a mountain move but look at what the mountain do molehill mountain what be you Situations are mounting, stopping you, reaching for the top, so we gotta be careful. It's so beautiful, and I'm so tearful, weeping at the mountain. What are we here for? Just a minor morsel looking at the portal. I caught you looking at my speck of dusting, disgusting, because I'm always in a rush thing. Can I ever be more like the mountain dew, with the mounting dew to be here for way much more than I could ever think of living? Because when I think of living in my heart, I'm kidding, slow death, kidding myself, yet to die way much more than I'm yet to live. I just like the uh, just off of that and kind of um hopping off uh, hopping basically onto everything you said and just echoing that. Um there's just a nice philosophical um theme about all of that. You know, about about being a mountain or, you know, or a molehill and you know obviously, moving mountains which obviously people you know try to do in a uh, uh in a uh, not a literal sense a figurative sense that's the word um but obviously you just uh, you, you, obviously you just see some see a uh, see a peak and you're just like that climbs too much kind of thing and uh, mm. yeah man it's just um it's it's just uh, it's just crazy to uh think about and, and the entire of the album is just that it's just one big uh uh, uh psychological or uh, philosophical especially just a uh, meditation and uh you know it uh, i can only come from somebody that has you know been doing this for over 20 years now and uh and like you said like this would be a mag- this would be a magnum opus for a lot of people um and this dude probably had you can you can you can say that this guy has like three in in different ways mm. Like <laughs> you literally could, um, and uh, you know, sh- sh- and Ben did say he did it for genius, so and Chow, he's actually the top scholar on Bleeds. Uh, nice. <laughs> I, literally just, yeah, I literally just saw that he's a I saw his name, top scholar, big up. And um, you know, we didn't, ma- and I, I wanted to mention Duppy Writer and Dub Come Save Me, um, for the end. And the reason why is just because it is to finish up. Um, we've mentioned all these albums beforehand, and you know, how uh different they are from the status quo how nobody is doing it in the way that roots maneuver has done it in the past 20 years like you we can we can hype up you know we can hype up people like dizzy rascal till the cows come home because it's extremely easy to just like see his influence this is it's really easy just from the fact that you know he led a genre of music that is now mainstream and you know uh, consistently gets millions of views whenever anyone drops a music video on Grime Daily, right? It's, it is what it is. You can see that. It's tangible. For Roots Maneuver, it's a bit different because while I s- the reason why I said alt-rap at the start is simply because of even though the inspirations are there and uh, clear, you know, the dub, uh, the dub reggae and uh, all of that and, you know, some electronic I don't know what specific I could say off that, but just electronic is very basic of me to say. Um, but, you know, the reason why Witness works as like the, the track for him is because it just has everything there. Like, it has it has all the elements that we've been mentioning. Um, it has all the, uh, uh, you know, abstract existentialism, um, but also the comedy of it all, In especially in the music video. If you guys haven't seen it, go mm. see. It's just... Very entertaining to watch um, him beat up, uh, beat kids in a, in a running race uh, and everything else. Um, but even with stuff, and we've mentioned all that stuff, and there are still two albums that are just basically reggae albums <laughs> and they slap. <laughs> it's actually fucking nuts to me about this guy having all of these albums that are conceptually so dense, lyrically so dense. And then you just have two reggae albums, one dub and one full on uh, just a uh, 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 reggae from a uh, uh, producer, Wrong Tom. Um, you know, some of the some of them are just like you know tracks rehashed. You know, uh, big twings, uh, big things for is on one of the on the uh, on dappy writer and uh, there's a dub version of Witness on a dub come save me. So you know, it's not all original work. It's just uh, some of them are just like you know remixes, but still, man. It's still forty or so minutes each of just like of just pure reggae mm. and uh, uh, reggae hip hop in in uh, in W Ryder's case as well. Like we we can praise this guy to the cows come home honestly because uh, I can't really think of anyone at the moment that have been so uh, inventive with their inspirations and just taken them to a place that of literally stratospheric heights where you know you. you there are plenty of people where you can see what they've done. You go, like, Oh, okay. He's very into uh, drum and bass. Cause uh, he has that in, he has that in his music, right? Easy. Right. But it's very, but most of them are very palatable. Some of this shit from roots is not palatable, bro. <laughs> like, like it is what it is. Like, some of it is just not easy listening. <laughs> no, it's tough, man. It's very some, tough. some of it is really not easy. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be, it really doesn't have to be. And that's up to roots. So, uh, um regardless of that it's still worthy of like some sort of artistic merit and definitely worthy of praise and definitely worth us talking about it for a whole hour and uh yeah i can't really leave it on the best of notes that you obviously left on um since you have such a personal uh connection but um But I feel like from a from a overall perspective on, you know, this whole thing that we've been doing the past four weeks and obviously the fifth one uh, finishing up next week. um, Rooster Maneuver comes as, I guess, like a bridge between someone like a Rodney P and uh, and everyone else. And when I mean everyone else, I mean how everyone else has been trying in some way to find success in uh in one sound and uh and one type of doing and one way of doing things and you know while that works for you know the P- the jmes the scepters the ways and uh you know and uh and and the Stormsies of the world i guess right while it works for them and why we love them for that there has to be some sort of appla- uh, appraisal um and applaud um for someone like ruth maneuver that takes three distinct genre elements and just rides them till the fucking wheels fall off. And while doing that, also just progressing lyrically from an already high point from his first album and somehow managing to, you know evolve and not trying to top it, but to just make it make it in a different way that just sounds more just sounds as fresh um, several times, um, uh, shedding a new skin, so to speak, so, um, I'll leave it at that, so shout out to Riz Maneuver, because, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's been a revelation this past week, to be completely honest, listening back, um, for real, uh, I thought, I, I really thought he was just like, <laughs> I thought he was running the mill, <laughs> I, thought, I really did think he was running the mill, but, man, listening back to everything has just been eye-opening, for real, Um uh, probably more than most that we've had in in uh, in the retrospectives we've done so far. It's probably up there in terms of just, like, I thought one thing and it was completely wrong. Um, so, yeah, man. Blow well, my out. mind for sure.
1: Shout-out to Roost Maneuver, legend. Absolutely.
0: Yes, sir. I mean, I'll go to a lighter note, um, which uh, <laughs> I kind of wanted to... Uh, uh, I kind of wanted to ask you because obviously we we were training those pitchfork articles, and uh, I wanted to ask you, and I forgot to ask you, uh, what was what, what is the what is the worst pitchfork uh, review you read, um, and I didn't want to put you on the spot to it, uh, but I mean if it, you did you did tweet obviously the blue slide park one um, re- uh, yesterday, which uh, which um, which I caught and a lot of people were still pissed about, which um, rightly so because. <laughs> because uh, yeah that was just a bit too much but uh, i just uh, find it interesting in how people um um review music um obviously for people like uh, what what was the what was the um what was the term you gave y- yesterday it was really it was really poignant it was like a dark elitism um yeah, something dark like that elitism, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was a perfect uh, way of explaining it. But yeah, I just found it very interesting thinking about that. And you know, I don't read reviews to be completely honest, um, uh, unless I've listened to the album. I don't listen. I don't really like reading them before I've listened to something. Um, maybe if I, maybe there's uh, some times where I'm like, uh, if I if I feel like, if if I don't feel like this is the album too much, or I'm not really motivated, I might get into a review just to, like, see how they're feeling about it, and, like, if they're feeling it, then I'll give it a whack, you know what I mean? And, you know, I do that with people like, you know, you and others, where it's just, like, how you feeling about this album? I I might get into it, you know, like with the Heady one, I guess, in some way. Um, I wasn't really fully motivated at the start, but, you know, I was just, like, I'll give it a go, but... I just find it interesting um, in how people actually like uh, consume reviewing. Um, And this is a very dense topic. And we've, uh, well, we've obviously did whole episodes about it. So I'm kind of revisiting science. But uh, yeah, so it's just to revitalize my uh,
1: thoughts about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not a fan of, uh, Pitchfork's interesting because like when I was younger, you know, I I get the impression that Pitchfork is just a bunch of like white 15-year-old boys just writing reviews. And then sometimes they like feel like they have well I mean they don't sometimes they feel like they're white males so they have a bunch of privilege so they're like oh well I can write about whatever I want and I can say whatever the fuck I want like they gave it there's a jet review and jet is an Australian band um, and they're pretty good they're pretty good actually they gave it a zero and instead of writing a review they just posted a video of a monkey pissing in his own mouth like the problem I have with it is it's not funny. Like, you look at Fantano and, like, with his couchy chest of shit, and, like, most of the time when he says shit, and, like, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy being a six, because Charlie said, like, oh, it's similar to with Fantano where his reviews are memed. And I said, but there's nothing, like, humorous or cute about a pitchfork review. Like, Fantano giving Damn a seven is, like, you know, it's memeable pitchfork saying that uh mac miller is like uh what an intolerable version of wiz khalifa or like not even doing the research to recognize that they literally grew up together they literally went to the same high school they were signed to the same record label they recorded in the same studio like do some if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna like make fun of something Fucking educate yourself on it first. That's what I don't like. It's like you can't make fun of something that you're entirely ignorant about. And with Roots Maneuver, like that review, um, obviously the KRS1 one is just mad disrespectful. But the the brand new secondhand one, they're like, there's never been a credible UK rapper until Roots Maneuver in 1999, That's what they said in that review. And they left it up. Like it's just so just disgustingly disrespectful. And it's okay if you just wanna be the Reddit version of reviews, but Pitchfork doesn't wanna be that. They also wanna put out serious reviews and be taken seriously and go deep into the music. And so they'll give a real estate album like a nine, even though it just sounds like five stone guys scraping on a piece of cardboard. They'll say that's a nine because they're being paid by the record label, but they'll give Jet a zero even though it's, like, similar music and similar level of quality, just because maybe the record label didn't pay them, or, like, hey, let's be funny today, let's post this video of, like, what kind of workplaces are, I just, I think it's ridiculous, and I think, you know, we did a whole episode on reviews, I think it was our second episode, and, um, I don't know, man, like, I don't, I listened, I look for reviews because I'm interested to learn something that I'd never known before about the album or the artist, but these days, it's increasingly yeah, just that's turning rare. into... It's rare, right? Like, nowadays, it's like, okay, you, you listen to it once. Even Fantano, like, it's like, all right, you listen to this album once and you wrote down some shit and then you just delivered it to me. And I don't know, I could just Google that shit. Like, I don't need to... I don't need to... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know the the point of reviews. I don't actually really watch reviews at all anymore. Um I used to be a massive consumer of them. I know we do reviews at the start of every episode. I mean they're like they're not really reviews. We don't go super in depth. It's just kind of how we feel about certain albums. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Those those reviews just piss me off like crazy, but that's the thing, <laughs> there was a maliciousness in them. That's why I said to Charlie, that's why I said yeah. dark elitism, because there's a maliciousness behind that. It's like I wanna fuck with the the conversation around this. You know, I wanna hurt this. I wanna Fantano's is not trying to hurt it like he gave chance a zero but it never felt malicious when he did that i've watched the review it's just like he just said oh, i just don't like this album at all there's nothing i really found interesting whereas pitchfork it seems like they're trying to dis- disassemble an entire artist's career and we know with mac miller mm. we did the mac miller episode and that blue slide park review really fucked with him it really hurt him and upset him and it was so dumb as well because if they'd just done a little bit of research, they would have known that he was already off that sound at the time. So like, I don't know, man. It's when funny people, unfunny people try to be funny and malicious people and narcissists try to be funny. It just comes out horribly and pitchforked just the gutter in that in that fucking sense, man.
0: And that's coming from someone who used to do reviews. <sighs>
1: I used to work for a review website. I used to work for a website called Beard (laughs) Food. We did 50 word reviews. We did these short snapshot reviews and I hated it. I hated it. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I got told I couldn't publish certain review scores. I got, you know, like it's just, you know, it's ridiculous, man. But in the end, and then in the end, think about it. I'm just some random white guy from Sydney. Why the fuck should anyone listen to me? Why why who's Ethan P that's the thing like who is this person I don't even know I try to google him and find know, out who is such an person. alias isn't it such a fucking yeah. alias like, is. put your whole name bro put, put your put your dick in it yeah <laughs> shit, come yeah. on bro go in <laughs> put the whole thing in don't just put the tip in bro come on get balls deep in this shit fucking tell us who you are who are you Ethan oh. who is Ethan P who is this oh. mystical Ethan P who seems to hate fucking roots manoeuvre like who are you <laughs> Ethan P <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's the what's uh, the what's the what's the thing on lust uh, Kendrick's lust is, um, <laughs> just want to put the tip in <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, gosh yeah, yeah. Put, brav, put your name out there bruv like come on uh, anyway put your face I want to see a face I want to see a name I want to see a full name on a fucking Twitter handle on all of that absolutely come get need roasted a you need a LinkedIn we need a LinkedIn profile we need a LinkedIn sumbitch. profile bitch yeah exactly uh, don't just put the tip in alright um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen from the from the Fifth Element Podcast Network it's been doing and Digit hope you enjoyed this episode I've been Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element
1: I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers
0: we hope you all have a great week we shall always always try and do the same Kano next week I know Ben's excited for that one holy um, shit oh. uh, <laughs> and I uh, hope you join us for that one uh, what was that what's the last bit till next time Take it easy. Lazy jump. All ah, right, peace. Digging In The Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is piece of video games by bonus points. thanks to cheer for the ability to use. Socials for the Element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points and cheer will be in the full show notes wherever you're listening. This has been the 5th M Podcast Network and Hip Hop By Numbers Collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We will see you next time on Digging In Digits, Black History Month miniseries.